0: I feel like I've always been more in touch with my anger and rage. Women were supposed to be like soft and in touch with like our quote feminine side. And I've always been wanting to punch walls and not crying.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret, I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on this subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. So welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Breanne davis Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave. Or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Oh, today my guest is Tawny. Now, Tawny, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret?
0: Well, my secret is that I am a woman with extreme rage issues.
1: <gasps> oh, <laughs> no, don't rage on me. <laughs> I'm just never kidding. on you, but uh, mostly myself. But okay. yeah, it's it's a it's a thing. It is a thing. And when you mentioned that to me, I was like, holy crud, I have some major rage issues. So let's go back to the beginning. When did you realize you had a problem with rage? Like when was that aha moment? I feel like I've always been more in touch with my
0: anger and rage. Women were supposed to be like soft and in touch with like our quote feminine side and be more in touch with crying where men are the ones that want to punch a wall. And I've always been wanting to punch walls and not cry.
1: <laughs> oh my God. You sound like me when you were just saying that you guys, I was rolling my eyes. I was like, what society thinks women should act like, but I yeah. too- would have a male, more masculine reaction, right? Where it's like, Arr! so when was that moment that you were, was it a year ago? Was it longer? Do you remember as a child? No, I, I just feel like I've, I've just
0: always been more in touch with that. And right. I I don't really know where it comes from, Okay, but it's, I just, yeah, I feel way more in touch with like the quote masculine, my quote masculine side of, uh, I just want to break shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you come, I, I, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but did you come from a dysfunctional family or trauma in your background? Oh, of course. Of course I did. <laughs> oh my God. That's so sad that we, you. it's like ding,
0: ding. We all have, <laughs> well, it's almost like weird when you, like, when I meet someone who has like, comes from a really genuinely happy home, I'm like, what is the secret? What is going on? But like, they're actually like mother and father that really love each other and love the kids. And I'm just, it freaks me out. Um, but yeah, it does
1: freak me out too. I'm like, (laughs) what's wrong with you? Like, it's like, it's like a a unicorn. Like it's something you've never seen before.
0: Exactly. But (laughs) no, I, I was raised by a single mom and my dad was, um, my dad was and is a heavy metal musician. So he was around kind of what, you know, when he wanted to be around. And, um, so, you know, Daddy issues, mommy issues, only child issues, you name it. I I got it. Um, and you know, one day at a time <laughs> trying to get trying to get through it all. I
1: love that it's such like um a recovery on the other side of it. You're like one day at a time, I'm just trying to make it through this world like in one piece. Yep. <laughs> But what were the, I, I know, but what were like the daddy, was it like going after the unavailable man? What, like, what were those mommy and daddy issues? If you could just, you know, define some of them.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing, so I'm bisexual and there's this, you know, really corny joke that bisexuals have where it's like you, you sleep with the gender of the parent that you're the most upset with at the time. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, that's so amazing! Yeah,
0: so yeah, you name it. Um, it definitely showed up a lot. Like the daddy issues showed up with like I, I, lo- I still love like dudes with long hair and tattoos. If you're in a band, that's even better. I mean, it's textbook stuff here, you
1: know. <laughs> oh my god, I love it! I love the textbook that you're like. And if you look like my dad and dress like my dad and act yeah. like my dad, <laughs> ding ding. I'm interested. Yep. If,
0: you, if you have tattoos and you're in a band and you ignore
1: me, I will be yours forever. What was your mom like? What was her characteristics?
0: Um. So so actually, I now my whole family, we're all in recovery. And it's, we're, it's actually quite beautiful where yeah. I'm five and a half years sober. Dad is like 15 years sober. And mom is in recovery from an eating disorder. So oh, wow. we're, you know, a very like they're not, they're no longer together. I actually never knew them together, but we are all able to come together and have like, you know, a functional family dinner. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, I grew up with a single mom who was, you know, self-medicating with food and binge eating and then restricting. And, you know, it's just like, you know, like all, all addiction is essentially the same. Mm-hmm. And so my mom actually had rage and anger issues. So I I think I, I, you know, we become what we see. So I saw her handling
1: things by being, by getting angry. So then I, I, that's what I learned. It's so fascinating that you just said that I literally, my mom has was so similar. She wasn't a single mom, but my, as I've talked about that, they were so, my parents were so not together when they were together, like they hated each other And I remember watching my mom restrict and binge and have anger issues too. And she was a workaholic on top of it. And as a, as a young girl, you see that and not knowing how to manage your feelings. Do you think that's where the rage is? Like you didn't get the tools to manage your feelings at such a young age.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's this part of me that's, it's part of my recovery journey where I'm actually able to see my parents, um, when they had me for what for who they were. Like, I look at it and I'm like, mom was 21. Dad was 24. His record just made it big. And he was touring. He spent his whole life working on this. So of course he picked the the band over me. Of course he did. Like, I, I actually understand that. And then same thing with my mom. I'm like, mom grew up in a very dysfunctional household. She didn't get the tools to learn how to process emotions. So I didn't get those tools either. So it's like, I can look at it, you know, pragmatically and make sense of it and actually have empathy for my parents. It doesn't excuse their behaviors, but it's definitely helped with the forgiveness path, I would say.
1: I agree. I mean, I look at my parents now, especially being a parent and go, holy shit, this is the hardest job in the world. And if you do not have a recovery and you become a parent, I can't imagine. I get triggered all the time and I have years of recovery. Like, And that I like can talk it out or take a break, you know, but yeah, you look back and you go, how did you even, how am I even alive? Like, how did I even survive how bad it was, (laughs) You, you know, but that's the thing even doing, you have to do that inner child work. And it seems like you have been and looking back at the why we say, so when did this rage, like when you noticed that you, this was a problem you haven't worked on yet, was there a moment that happened? I don't, I don't know if there was an
0: actual moment. I know that I I definitely started to self-medicate and disassociate from reality around 14. Okay. So I went, I, I had, you know, a, a traumatic experience and I'll leave it at that. And, but, you know, it was one of those before and after moments where it's like my life before and then after, yeah. um, yeah. Like and so bookmark. I it, it was a bookmark, exactly. So I know that's when I picked up a lot of these not so good habits.
1: Okay. And
0: I think the rage started to come into that because when you start you go through something traumatic and then you self-medicate with drugs and alcohol and sex yeah. instead of dealing with it, you're you're not getting these tools to to really process it, especially going through puberty, like and you know, with an emotional lessons, adolescence. Oh. Adolescence, an emotionally absent mom, a physically absent dad, like it was just a really hard time. So I had a lot of rage. So I remember the first time I've really felt seen in my rage was when Jagged Little Pill came out. Mm. And um, I just saw this woman who was so in touch with her feelings, which I now know is rage, mm-hmm. but she was just screaming and just just feeling it. She was really letting herself feel it and express it artistically. And I was like, oh, I'm allowed to act that way. It's like, I thought
1: only boys could do that, but she's doing this, you know? That was probably such a moment. And then did you then feel, did you have moments in your life where that rage came out and you didn't know how to control it? Yeah. And it usually
0: was when I was drinking. Oh, okay. like alcohol allowed me to be, you know, this, I guess, version of myself that I didn't really let myself be. So that's when I would really feel that's when I only time I would cry would be when I was drinking. And then I would just, I would just react really strongly in relationships, pick fights, um, show up at, at boyfriend's houses and like bang on the door, just like complete insanity. Like I was Poster child for unwell. Like it was, it was so bad.
1: Oh my God. I've heard that so many times. But I love that I when you mentioned this to me, this moment popped in my head that when my parents, when I was 17 years old, my parents told me they were getting a divorce. Finally, right? I we were happy, like, end it. This has been miserable. But I went out to the Taco Bell and somebody blew smoke in my face and i punched a girl in the face like did anything like that happen i was like i thought i was okay with the divorce but here i'm like punching a girl in the face did that like have you had those moments i've i've not
0: punched a human but i have broken <laughs> many things i have i've punched walls banged against doors like it was very very unhealthy like not that it's a bad thing to feel your anger it's a, you know anger is a is a feeling that you should let yourself feel it's how i was dealing with it was unhealthy and it's you know actually like to like not to super fast forward but, but yeah. that was really like the impetus of what made me get on on medication because i knew i needed help
1: okay so you got sober right was the rage still there obviously right after you got yeah. sober The rage was still there. And it's like people think when you get sober,
0: everything gets better. And it's actually kind of the opposite at first, because it's like I was self-medicating for 14, 15 years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm 29 and I have no coping skills. I don't know how to function in this world. So it's really scary, actually. So
1: scary. It's the scariest moment, because once you get through that withdrawal of whatever chemical or, you know, brain disorder like sex and love addiction is, you then have to like go through the process of understanding and feeling all that stuff you've been shoving down. So how was that process for you?
0: Very, very uncomfortable. And it's still a process. Like I said, it's been five and a half years now. So, you know, it's, they say in the, like the recovery therapy world, like, you know, arrested development is when you are, you're mentally stuck at an age that you, that you started to self-medicate. So yes, I was 29, but mentally and emotionally I was 14, 15 years old. So I'm, I it's, there's a big disconnect there and it's not matching. So I really had to learn these tools of uh, essentially how to be an adult, how to be a human, how to process uh, my emotions, how to let myself cry, how healthy ways to express anger. And it's like I said earlier, it truly is one day at a time.
1: It is one day at a time. And everything you're saying, I have gone through. It doesn't matter which addiction you have. Whenever you use anything not to feel your feelings, because as an addict, I don't want to feel my feelings. All I want to feel is euphoria 24-7. I'm not interested in any other emotion. But then when you take it away, you have to. But those moments where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to feel those feelings. Did you, as an addict, I have this question for you. Did you feel when you were getting sober and feeling those feelings, did you feel like they were going to be forever? Oh yeah. Right. It was,
0: it was so scary because it's like, I felt, you know, we self-medicate because we want, we want to have some sort of control over these awful feelings. And yeah. then when life happens and you are out of control and the only thing you can do is control your reaction, ooh, that is, that's brutal. It is brutal.
1: But do you have a moment where your rage overtook you and you floated out of your body and were like, what the fuck am I doing? Did you ever yeah. have a moment like that? Can you tell us that moment?
2: These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com. And get twenty percent off your first order when you use code Staple Twenty at checkout. That's twenty percent off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code Staple Twenty.
0: Uh, yeah, I would say it. I would say it almost got worse in sobriety because yeah. I was actually feeling it, mm-hmm. and I would get, um, I would just um, to to be super current, like picking fights with my partner mm-hmm. and like throwing things, hitting walls. And then I would like, it's almost like this other person would consume me and I am watching it happen. And I'm like red, I am beat red. My heart is racing. I'm hot. And I, I have zero control over my, over my body. Like something truly takes over me. And then, then it subsides. And then I realize it's, it's almost like a hangover, like an instant hangover of like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm crying. I'm. I'm just mortified at my behavior. And, and that's almost like, it was almost like a rock bottom moment of last year. I was like, I can't keep putting my relationship through this. Like I, and I finally decided to get on medication because I, it's just, it's not, I'm not happy living, <laughs> living this way. My partner was like, of course, like, I wouldn't want to live with me, yeah. If I, if I was treating someone like that, and I mean, it's like, I mean, it, and it would be so infrequent too, where it's like months and months and months of like everything's fine, and then something would set me off, and I would lose it, yeah. And it's just, it's
1: really scary. It is scary because you don't have control over it. And it is almost like an emotional hangover over. And then you realize you're abusing this person that didn't deserve it, but you don't know why you're doing it or you can't stop it. Mhm. Right? Yeah. So, so you went on medication, can you tell us what medication you went on? Are you comfortable saying or no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm all about
0: destigmatizing medication. If it works for you, amazing. It worked for me. Um I I got on Lexapro.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or um it's technically an antidepressant, but it was helping me. It helps you with my anxiety. Yeah. And it's been truly life-changing and I know a lot of people have a hard time finding the right medication, finding the right dosage. And so I'm very grateful that this first time worked. It's, you know, 20 milligrams a day every morning. And I'm, I started to feel better, you know, probably within like six weeks. Yeah. I I I haven't had like a, a rage attack, I guess we could call it, since I started taking medication. I will say <laughs> that's also around the time that I found these break rooms where you can pay to go into rooms and literally just break a bunch of shit.
1: Oh my God, that (laughs) sounds amazing. (laughs) Just as a mom, like I just wanna go break something sometimes. But being a parent is so hard, but then being a parent and an an addict in recovery on top of it. So these rooms, you just go and break a bunch of shit. How much do you pay? How long is it? Give me the details. I mean, I, this is not
0: sponsored content. Not sponsored. (laughs) Um, I, in New York, it's called, I think it's called break room. Okay. Um, But they're everywhere. They're all over now. Um, You just, you rent the room and there's a couple different packages. Um, I think we got a couple's, we got a couple's package um, where, where I think it's actually called couples therapy. And it was like, I think like 80 bucks and you have the room for 30 minutes and it comes with like. You know, there's sledgehammers, there's um, crowbars, there's ha- hammers, there's mm-hmm. baseball bats, um, and then bu- buckets of dishes, printers, TVs, t- old school telephones, fax machines. Like, and you, the my favorite part is that yeah. you get, to, you bring your phone and you plug it in and you make a playlist. So I'm listening to, you know, like Break Stuff by Limp Biscuit, Nine Inch Nails, like blaring it. And we're just like, like beating the shit out of a fax machine. And and it was almost like this bonding moment where (laughs) we were both like, like I have a sledgehammer, he has a baseball bat and we are just beating it. And like toner is flying everywhere. And it's just so
1: dramatic. Oh my God. I I think I should do that. We should do the couples because a part of me then is like, I'm having a tiny bit of anxiety because I feel like it's so revealing to show that rage, not towards anybody, but just to release it. That's vulnerable. And to do that in front of your partner, did you feel that vulnerability? Because I'm feeling uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I, th- I
0: think I would have felt that if he hadn't already seen me at my worst. He Got saw it. me at my, you know, at my very at my really ugly stage of not managing my rage. So this was actually a, I think a positive thing for us to experience together where we were both able to let out some anger in a healthy, productive way. Mm -hmm. And girl, I will say when we left, I mean, you know, we it's on 34th street. So it's like very loud part of Manhattan. I mean, nothing bothered us. Everything was just like rolling off our shoulders. It felt like at, You know, like after like you go to a really good yoga class, like nothing can
1: bother you or a massage or something, you come out and you're like, yes, like
0: I felt like that times 10, like so Zen that like I had nothing left in me and it was so good. And I've been, I've been back many times since, and it's, I can't recommend it enough.
1: No, I actually think we're going to do it. I think the next time you talk, you will put me on the hot seat and say, did you guys do it? Because I'm getting uncomfortable <laughs> saying I'm going to do it. And I know when that uncomfortability arises, then it's something I have to try, you know, because I did have this one session when I was doing I went to a 12-step meeting, um, not in sex and love addiction in another program. And one of the exercises was you got up in the middle of a group and you took like a tennis racket and you hit a pillow while you were doing your share. And it was so great to do, but it was a bunch of strangers. This is like doing it in front of my husband <laughs> of 16 years. Like that makes me more uncomfortable. Have you ever screamed into a pillow? Yes, I have, but by myself. So maybe my a therapist or my therapist. I love that you're giving me a therapy session. Do it, <laughs> do it.
0: You could try that maybe like before you go break a bunch of stuff with your husband, you can like scream into
1: a pillow together and see how that feels. Oh my God. That (laughs) makes me uncomfortable too. I have an intimacy problem, obviously.
0: (laughs) No, it's, I mean, it is a big deal. It is vulnerable, especially because, you know, like the beginning of our conversation where it's like, as women, we're taught that we need to wear skirts and we need to be dainty with our nails painted and not get dirty. Mm And And I'm telling you to go listen to loud music and break stuff in front of the love of your life. So that's totally opposite of what we were taught. But like also the feminist in us is like, hell yeah,
1: let's go do that. No, like thinking I'm doing it myself by myself. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's break some shit, you know, or with a bunch of girls but to do it in front of my man. But he's seen me at my worst and he's seen me rage. So I don't know what that is, but you- have really brought some things out into the light for me today, (laughs) which is what I love about two people in recovery, help each other. Um, But yeah, so you're now doing that. You're communicating with your husband. Are you still doing therapy on top of it?
0: Yeah, I do. I do therapy and um, it's, I still see a therapist every week and it's been the same therapist since the beginning of my sobriety. So she's been through everything with me and, you know, therapy, support groups, journaling, um, talk. you know, just talking about it yes. is, is so, so helpful because when it was something I dealt with in private or just with my partner, it, there is that shame yeah. attached to it. So like, if the reason I wanted to talk about this today was, you know, hopefully if anyone is listening and you are struggling with rage, especially if you were a woman, like you are totally not alone. It is like, we We all have emotions. Like I wish women were allowed to be angry. I wish men were allowed to cry. I think the world would be a lot better if we were allowed to feel the spectrum of emotions,
1: yeah. And that's the thing that I do love in recovery is that people are allowed to cry. the The man, I love seeing men, it shows me their humanity. and it 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 ha- me I have empathy. But as a woman, still, I feel like when you're angry, you're called that bitch you know, all the wrong words when you're, you're angry and you show your feelings. I still feel like we're, we're not given that outlet.
0: No. And and it's like, it's important that, you know, like you're holding space for this conversation because it's like you and I live in a progressive world, like LA and New York and the yeah. creative yeah. arts scene. So it's, we're around a lot of progressive, thinking, but you know, there's also people like I'm from the South, I'm from Texas and I'm from I Atlanta lot- girl.
1: Like I'm from yes, Atlanta.
0: Like- <laughs> we have girlfriends from back home that would never do some of the things that you and I are talking about. So it's like, I think it's important to keep, you know, those people in, in mind when we have these conversations too.
1: No, and I love it. And you already really answered my last question for you. If someone out there is struggling, even if it's a a man, but especially if it's a woman, what would be the steps you would take that you took or you wish you would have taken at the beginning? I mean, it's
0: I think just. Well, to sound really corny, admitting that there's a problem, of course, is like, is step one, whether you work with steps or not, but you do need to admit there's a problem before you can, before you can work on it. Like that's just kind of a deal breaker. Um, But then if you can find even one person that you trust, if you, if you feel comfortable going to a support group or even online support groups, you know, There's there's so many now there's so many, you can leave your camera off and be completely anonymous. You could check out, like there's anger management support groups, also, also, uh, all kinds of recovery support mm-hmm. groups that, um, and if you, you know, if you were able to see a therapist, I can't recommend therapy enough. I wish therapy was easily accessible to, to everybody. Cause I think everyone should be in therapy.
1: Oh, it's but. the best thing ever. It's like a massage for your soul. That's how I see it. When you're going in and saying like, I am worthy of this time. I am worthy of this hour where someone is sitting there and listening to me. And it's not like a friend or mm-hmm. your partner, whoever I, I, I recommend therapy a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, and kind of like you were saying, like letting yourself know that you deserve to to get better because you, you do, you deserve to get better. And there are healthy ways to process all of these emotions. Like for me, it was fine. It was medication and finding a healthy way to destroy things instead of my home. So whatever that means for you, that's going to work for you.
1: Oh my God, I just got my therapist said I wasn't allowed to do road rage anymore because when I was like in year five of my program, she was like, what's going on with you? I was like, nothing, I'm great, but I've been getting in a lot of fights while I'm driving in Los Angeles. And I remember her being that's abusive. You cannot do road rage. You can't honk your horn and scream at someone because they cut you off or going too slow or whatever. Like that is not, you're being abusive to people around you. And I think looking at it like that, because when I would have rage, I would just be like, oh, I'm just expressing myself. I'm like getting it out. And what you're actually doing is abusing other people when you're not taking care of it yourself in a healthy way.
0: No, you're, you're exactly right. And that's why I'm so glad that you brought that up because there are healthy and unhealthy ways where it kind of like, like an overshare, you know, like there's a difference between confiding in someone that you love and trust versus oversharing to someone you barely know, or someone who is not really open, qualified to like, listen to what you're talking about. So that, that is a really good point. And it's just like one day at a time. You're not, you're not a freak. You're not weird. Um, It's just, life is really hard. Like. It is hard. It's really hard, especially in recovery. Um,
1: But. But We're it's doing- harder with without recovery. It's so, harder without recovery. Good point. Yeah, Thank you. It is. We're, you're just blinded to it, but it's harder. You're damaging yourself more. You're damaging others more. But I just, I'm so grateful you wanted to come on and have this conversation. I think it is so important. It's brought up a lot of uncomfortable feelings for me, but that I obviously have to look at. <laughs> um, but if anybody wants to find you and see what you're up to, you're writing right now, you have a, a book coming out, please tell the people where they can find you. And if they have a questions about their rage, can they reach out to you? Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I'll, I typically write and podcast and, um, do public speaking on the subject of like sober sex and dating.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So most of my content is about that. Um, if you want to follow me, it's Tani M Lara. Um, and my website is just tawnylara.com. And, um, and that'll be in the show notes. So yeah, you can, you can check it out if you have any, any questions and you want to, you want some advice on how to find a break room. I can be your girl. I'll tell you where to find one.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com until next time.